Welcome to the Soulful Summit Podcast, a journey to your higher self. I'm your host, Haley Peel, a life coach and pharmacist, where I will help you elevate your self-care, reclaim your energy, and align with your true north. We will chat about holistic living, adventure, raising your energetic vibration, and how to connect with your higher self. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Empowered Adventurer Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Peel. I'm a pharmacist and a mindset coach. I love outdoor adventure and my dog, Fitzroy. Eight years ago, I walked into the Grand Canyon for a 42-mile thru-hike, and 28 hours later, emerged with swollen, blistered feet, a broken spirit, and a fear of living adventurously. Ultimately, this experience woke me up and inspired me to run an Ironman, climb to 18,000 feet in the Himalayas, and return to the 42-mile Grand Canyon rim-to-rim-to-rim hike. This show is about how difficult outdoor experiences build inner strength and mindfulness to live a life with purpose and adventure. It's also about finding a balance between stretching ourselves and being content and grateful each day. Every week, I will share adventures, insights, and tips to empower you to step into your own adventure-inspired life. I'll bring on guests to share their stories of adventure and inner strength. I started this show because I'm passionate about cultivating grit, growth, and gratitude, but I also need a community to encourage that growth, a lifeline to lean on when things get tough, something to remind me that I'm not alone and to help me rise again. I hope you learn something, laugh a little, and are empowered to step into your best adventure-inspired life. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Empowered Adventurer podcast. If you like the show so far, I would love it if you would share it with a friend, rate it, and leave a review. If you DM me on Instagram with a screenshot of the review, I will enter you to win a Starbucks gift card and give you a shout out on an upcoming show. Okay, so before I get into today's episode, I wanted you to know that I have three spots open each month for a free strategy call to unleash your inner strength. I work with women who sometimes feel a little anxious or struggle with self-doubt. I help them identify and remove obstacles and reconnect with their internal compass so they can unleash their inner strength and live their best empowered life. If this sounds like something you need, I have a link in the show notes to schedule your call today. I would love to connect with you. Okay, so I'm really excited to introduce you to Katherine Corwall. I love Catherine and her energy. I could talk to her for hours. She has a background in hypnotherapy, and I was so curious about her take on mindset practices and subconscious beliefs and how they impact our performance in outdoor challenges and in life. Catherine is an old soul with an energetic spirit whose vision for the world is for all of us to feel at peace within ourselves, no matter what stage of life we're in. Catherine is a clinical hypnotherapist, intuitive counselor, and certified spiritual life coach. She helps her clients grow a healthy and trusting relationship with themselves by diving into the subconscious mind. She teaches tools to nourish the inner child and supports the process of rewiring limiting beliefs. She fuses elements of psychology, energetics, spiritual growth practices, and ascension techniques to guide others into a greater version of themselves over and over again. So without further ado, here is Catherine Corwall. Tell me your favorite quote and why. My 
favorite quote. All right, I like this one. I don't actually know who said it, but it's turn to the sun and the shadows will fall behind you. Hmm. Yeah, I it's a I don't know how to say it. It's a proverb, proverb, proverb. Proverb, yeah. but yeah I I really resonated with this one turn to the sun and the shadows will fall behind you and I just always stuck with me so I actually have it on the doorway to the entrance of my bedroom so that I always pass it when I walk in I like that I have not I have not heard that before but I'm gonna girl (laughs) I I know I I love that though so like the reason I guess it hit me is if you think about the quote itself right I think the first thing your mind wants to latch on to right is the idea that you know if there's darkness quote unquote the shadow right just turn to the light right but when I think of that in the very literal sense it's kind of like spiritual bypass like oh, there's nothing wrong over here. I'm going to look over this way because it's prettier. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I don't know when I, when whoever introduced me to this quote, I, I saw the surface of it, but then I really sat with the meaning and the way I interpret it. And this is just for me, right? Is that in order to be able to recognize and appreciate the light that's in front of you, you had to have walked through the shadows to recognize that they're there. Mm because you wouldn't recognize its beauty without the contrast of it. And then embracing it. And we talk about this too, like the idea of embracing the shadow aspects of selves to also appreciate the illuminescent part of us in equal light, not as one is bad or good. I don't know. I just, I got real deep real quick, but like, that's, <laughs> that's what I love yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to like let that sit with me tonight and just like, yeah. yeah, I like it. Wait a second. What's your favorite quote? I, I kind of want to know. <laughs> I have several. Here it is. Okay. Victor, the Victor Frankl quote, the last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. And I think especially coming from him, that's super powerful. Mm-hmm. And then the prayer that um, I have to pull it up. It's a prayer of St. Francis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Whew. Girl, I'm pretty sure that quote is used on, on the company that I work for. It's all over our website, that exact oh, wow. snippet, yeah. Yeah, I have started, one of my mentors just several weeks ago had like told me about it and I've been pulling it up and just like praying or just saying I'm praying it every day and it, it like helps I think from like a surrendering like that's the best way for me to mm-hmm. work on embodying surrendering each day mm-hmm. it's beautiful I love that yeah thank you for so, asking sorry I derailed you no, no that was a good left turn <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm good at that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So tell our listeners what your gifts are in the world. Really good at making left turns <laughs> in conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what are my gifts in the world? 
I think I feel one of my greatest gifts is being able to help people look at themselves with grace and compassion for who they actually are and keep people embracing who they are and not running from who they are, you know? And it's the way I look at it, it's almost like I'm able to guide people to self-rediscovery over and over and over again, because we are, it is my belief, right? That we are all multidimensional beings, right? We're not just one thing, right? You're not one identity. You're not just this or just that, or just this. We're constantly changing and evolving, right? With every experience, every person, every encounter, like every day you wake up a different version of yourself, maybe not entirely, right? But you're always shifting and growing. So when I work with people, I'm very big on really because you hear the word self-love thrown out, right? All the time, self-love, self-love, right? Affirmations, I love myself, but like how the hell <laughs> do you like really self-love because we all have days where we're just sitting there and sometimes you hear your voice, your inner critic, and you're like, wow, I really hate <laughs> who I was today or I hate how I showed up today or didn't show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I feel like when I work with people, I help people really build a healthy relationship with themselves and learning to embrace every aspect of who they are. Because like the, the relationship that you have with you builds the foundation for every single relationship in your life, every single one, including boundaries and healthy boundaries, which is a part of self-love. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm all into the self-talk and inner child healing and all of that too. And it's, it's like, if you can't, if you can't, if you're not at a place where you can love yourself enough to set healthy boundaries with yourself, right. Old patterns of behavior of negative self-talk, right. Criticism, self-judgment, self-comparison, comparison to other people. If you can't have that boundary with yourself to be able to stop yourself from beating your own self down, how are you going to create healthy boundaries with other people, right? Because you you show people how you want to be respected and what you believe you deserve, not by what you say, but what you do. But that intrinsic like self-talk that you have, it emanates from you in some like cosmic way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like energetically, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So how could we start that process of self-love and self-compassion and so fighting the inner critic? Oh, that's a hard, <laughs> it's a hard one. Because I think, yeah, no, because it's, you know, it is just like every person is a unique person and everyone's journey is unique. The, the way to starting it is different for everyone, right? But for self-talk, I had just, oh my gosh, we were discussing her. What was her name? The high five. Oh, Mel Robbins. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the Mel Robbins, I was listening to the podcast and it was just psychologically, I loved listening to it. The whole concept of just looking yourself in the mirror and just giving yourself a high five. You don't have to say anything. 
you know? And it's crazy because you're listening to it and in my brain, as self-aware as I think I am, I'm like, I'm like, I don't have to do that. I'm good, right? I literally, there was one day I was having a low day and I just looked at myself in the mirror. I said, all right, let's give this shit a try. <laughs> I gave eyes a hot girl. I cried hysterically. Uh-huh. And I was like, I just needed a little pat on the back yeah. <laughs> from me. That release, yeah. Yeah, so I think even that, you know, because she talks about how, Mel Robbins talks about how psychologically, you know, every time you put your hands up, they talk about how it's always like a sign of praise, a sign of approval, like cheering cheering you on, right? Like you got this. Just, just the hand raise up above. And when you look yourself in the eyes, and this is something I work with with clients, the ultimate goal is being able to have a conversation with yourself and say, hey, I love you. I honor you and I respect you. And I choose to see you, like really see you. Mm. Yeah, I really needed to hear that. And I think as you were talking, it was coming up for me and you were mentioning it earlier too, as far as like the shadows, shadows in the light mm-hmm. and not judging the shadows, but welcoming them. Right. Like we we're talking right. about anger earlier, like anger, not judging the anger. Like that's part of the human emotion, the part of, part of the human experience. And just like sitting with it and like letting it come up. Like I, the other night, something came up that kind of triggered like past romantic relationship, past friendship stuff. And I I could feel myself going down this like negative spiral of like, not good enough or what's wrong with me or, or just kind of that, that pattern that I have done in the past. And I was like, this time was different. Cause I was like, hold on, let me, let me just sit with this uncomfortable feeling. Let me, let me just sit with it and see mm-hmm. prove Cause I know I can survive it. Like I know I right. can sit with it and not bury it and be okay. And granted, like these two things were not super fresh. Like they're not super fresh. So I, I was like, I said, just took some time and I sat with it. And it honestly, in that moment, like didn't feel I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit with this uncomfortable feeling. And like, nothing kind of came up. Like I didn't feel, and it granted, like it, likely because they are not fresh wounds. Like I've had years, honestly, kind of to heal. Right. But I think I want to use that technique more. Like when something does come up that hurts, like physically hurts and that uncomfortable feeling and just like, okay, let me just take some time to sit with it and do it. Have you ever done it? Yeah. And yeah. So we, so before we started recording, we were talking about that. Right. And remembering when that anger bubbles up, right? Remembering that it's emotions are fluid, right? They're temporary, right? So just like we feel feelings of ecstasy and happiness and joy and sadness and anger and and disgust and jealousy, all of them are flowing, right? Just like they they came in, they're going to come out. Mm -hmm. Just a matter of when, but it's always ebbing and flowing, right? And just instead of using that time period as a judgment period of saying, okay, this too shall pass, it may come back up again, you know, but, but, but looking at it like that, but then as you were talking, so I've, I've never actually thought of it this way. So my brain was like, wait a second. I just thought of something. If you think about it, the anger is actually a gift because it reminds us of the blessing we have being and living a human experience in a human body. Mm. Because I mean, you know, belief, system, belief systems aside, right? We're, we're, we all have this idea of there's being a soul and a spirit and a, a greater existence beyond us, right? I don't really know if up there they're like angry and hating each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't think that our 
highest and greatest selves, right, sit in anger or like cool with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's almost like, so, so if you believe in that, the belief system that we are a spirit and a soul in this body, right? This little meat suit we're walking around here in. Avatar. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's, it's the blessing of like, hey, my soul is ready to experience something different that in only spirit land where you're not in a form, right? You can experience it there. You can now feel this full range of human emotion that is only reserved for human experience. Mm. That is an amazing reframe. Oh, I got chills when I said it. <laughs> I want to sit. I want to sew that too. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's one of the things I've, as you were talking, like, I love talking with you because I just kind of, it's, um, I was thinking about when I go for walks with fits, like, instead of thinking about all the things I have to do or haven't done yet or whatever, just use it as like a gratitude walk, like to start thinking of things that I'm like grateful for. Um, and one of the things that I've started that's coming up for me is like be actually being grateful for the challenges. Yes. Yeah. So like grateful for, you know, the sun, all the, all the good things, but then also being grateful for the challenges in my life because it's helping me to become who I'm meant to become and develop patience and all those other things. So I, I like that idea of, even though I am feeling anger at times, being grateful for that range of human mm-hmm. emotions. I love that, right? It's that it's that attitude of gratitude, but then to piggyback, right? Having the attitude of gratitude of saying, hey, I'm really grateful for this obstacle, but also having the grace and the love to acknowledge, but it really feels really shitty mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and not judge it, judge it. And I think that's that's where the work is to yeah. be both instead of just bypassing the anger and putting it under the rug. Cause then it never really gets addressed or loved. Yeah. But I love that. I love that. So I am really curious that, cause I wanted to bring you on the show. You know, the show is about like outdoor adventure challenges and kind of stretching yes. yourself coming into the present moment. And a lot of that, you know, I think in outdoor endurance performance sports, and then also it's very applicable to life. Like it centers around mindset and belief. So, mm-hmm. and I'm curious, like with your background in hypnotherapy, how can hypnotherapy be utilized or helped in endurance sports or outdoor endurance challenges? Like, how would you apply that to that area? Right. So when you're thinking about hypnotherapy, right, we're talking mainly about the subconscious mind right? So the beliefs or the thoughts or the stories, I like to say the stories that we tell ourselves on repeat like a disc, but because they're subconscious, we're not always aware they're happening. And then our patterns of behavior on the external are repeating without our awareness of why they're happening, right? So if you link that into the endurance, right, which is where you're going with this, if let's say you keep coming across the same obstacle, when I say obstacle, subjective, could be a literal obstacle like a hill, right, or an obstacle like a pattern in relationships or anything that comes up in life, you start to notice a pattern if you kind of step back and look at it and say, huh, I'm noticing I keep getting stuck at this part of a hill, or I keep getting stuck at this mileage, or I keep getting stuck in this relationship pattern, it really dips into the subconscious to really ask, hmm, where did that start? And what's the story that you're telling yourself? And is it serving me? Mm. 
Yeah. yeah. Everything's a metaphor. <laughs> It is. <laughs> it is it is yeah. yeah that's really it's really fascinating I read or heard or heard recently actually I didn't know this um, but Michael Jordan had a life coach for years and he was actually I cannot remember his name but he was actually interviewed on one of the podcasts mm-hmm. that I listen to all the time and I was like oh my gosh that's so cool and it makes you know he talks about um I think uh, he asks, or people he's been asked before, like, do you worry about that next shot? And he's always like, I don't worry about a shot I haven't taken. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, but I think a lot of that, I'm sure like just it's, and to perform at that level, you really have to have just a, a strong inner strength and like a, a, you know, that huge mindset mm-hmm. and what you were talking about earlier, as far as like subconscious beliefs, because I, you know, I think that's really interesting. Cause it's one thing that you can say, like, um, like I believe, or I can like positive affirmations. Like I believe something that you're trying to call in your life, or you're trying to level up in um, maybe a triathlon, or you're trying to level up in you know an additional distance, or you're trying to beat your speed or your best time, right. whatever that case is, and you're just like not able to do it. I guess the first question is how much? How can our beliefs really impact our performance? And then how do we uncover? those subconscious beliefs that even though we say like, we're doing all the things we're, um, perf- you know, we're, we're working out, we're trying, you know, we're, you know, we have a coach for speed work or whatever the thing is, but we're still not able to level up. Like how much, how do we uncover those subconscious beliefs that may be actually blocking our performance and blocking leveling up in sports and endurance or in life? Right. I think the first step in that situation would be to release the idea that it's blocking you. <laughs> because that 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 mindset to begin with is already energetics. If you look into uh, genetics and energetics, it, when you have the mindset of something is blocking me, you're inviting in resistance, right? Because when you think block, does that feel comfortable to you, or does that feel tense to you? Feels tense. Yeah. So already you're putting your your mind, not only your body, right? So we're talking about physical endurance. You're putting your mind and your body into a tense state. So you're not able to be fully present to work around any obstacles that may come up mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, however you want to take it. Right. So I think step one in something like that is releasing this idea that there's a block. It's the same concept as, you know, if you're, uh, if you have something going on in your body, right. Some kind of wound and you're mentally, like some people do, you know, meditation. If you look into works of Joe Dispenza, right. They say meditation can change your reality. You can literally change the brain waves, Right. But if you're creating like a war within your body that says, I'm going to fight this disease, for some people that works, right? So for me, for my authentic truth, right? I don't like the idea of creating a war in my body to fight the war that's happening Mm. because there is no war. It's just trying to communicate something and I'm not listening. It's, you see what I'm saying? So it's mindset, mindset is everything. And I think in the self-help realm, everything's very categorized you know, into like, okay, this is what you work on for physicality. This is what you work on for mentality. This is what you work on for relation and everything's in this separate box, but really it's all shmishmashed. Is that a word? Now it is. <laughs> it is now, yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's all shmishmashed. It's actually all interrelated, right? So this whole concept of the mind, body, spirit connection, everything is interrelated, even if it doesn't seem like it is at first glance. Because the brain tries to make like rational sense out of things, right? So I'm even thinking about what you said. You said it was Michael Jordan. 
right? Mm-hmm. Who had a life coach. Yeah. So he said, I, I don't think about the shots I'm going to miss if I haven't taken them yet. He's actually mentally rehearsing. He probably mentally does mental rehearsal about, you know, winning the end game, what the end game is. But if he was thinking that way the whole time, he can't be in the present moment. If you can't be in the present moment, how are you supposed to ebb and flow around the challenges that you can't anticipate in that moment to make the shot? Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that presence, that, 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 that breath and that, like that drop into the present moment allows you to feel into the solution versus your brain. It goes back to what I said, instead of your brain trying to find it. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, I just went on a tangent, but I felt it. Yeah, that was so good. No, I'm just like sitting in all that. So yeah, that's so good. So you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned mental rehearsal and this is one of the mm-hmm. things I'm curious about too. So how is mental rehearsal different from visualization Mm-hmm. And how can we use mental rehearsal to like, let's say I'm training for a half Ironman or I'm training for a marathon and I'm wanting to kind of elevate my performance and kind of really feel into how I will feel during race day. Like how can we use mental rehearsal to elevate mm-hmm. our performance in endurance sports and in life? Right. I think, I think everyone, um, everything's subjective, right? So everyone uses mental rehearsal in different ways. When I think of mental rehearsal, I think of something that you're actively doing and a goal that you have in your human waking life that you physically want to achieve and you are preparing your mind to achieve that goal. Something very tangible, like you know you're going to run the trail. You know you're going to be running however, you know, five miles, 10 miles, 15 miles, right? So you're rehearsing your mind for that specific goal. When I think of creative visualization, this dips more into the hypnotherapy, right? It's, 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 it's regressing back into childhood memories and not changing the memory at all, but we're using creative visualization to, to release any energy or to kind of shift the perspective or to you know, give a different suggestion to overwrite a limiting belief that was created at that time. So it's not going in the future, it's going in the past to bring us more into the present moment by releasing the past. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. I think mental rehearsal as being more, we're looking into the future. I don't know if that's, you know, if you look it up, if that's the, the, the you know, correct definition of what it is. But when I think of that, what resonates is, is that's the main difference between the two. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, and we were talking about earlier that like everything's a metaphor, right? But so like, you know, I think when people are trying to level up, like when they're, like I said, either, you know, increasing their distance, or maybe they're going from a sprint triathlon to an Olympic distance or Olympic to, to a half Ironman, like there's definitely like fear. We were talking earlier about kind of like mm-hmm. overthinking or kind of just like being on that hamster wheel. So how can like overthinking or that fear, how can that, how can we yeah. overcome that or move through that fear? Right. Oh, I love this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I love this topic because this, I think the topic of fear is something that's so relatable to everyone. Everyone has some sort of fear, right? We're all just experiencing in a different way. So when I think about fear, there's so many different tools you can use for it. But the first thing that came to mind, how to approach it is to approach it with a childlike curiosity. You know, I, uh, because I have that, 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 that I look through everything through the lines of, lens of the inner child, everything, everything is through the lens of the inner child. So when, when you think about us coming out of the wound, we don't come out in fear mm-hmm. of life, right? Like we're not birthed 
thinking, oh, dear stars, <laughs> something's going to fall on me. We just come out and we're just curious, right? So when when fear starts to come up, uh, you know, a way to kind of approach it is kind of be like, okay, I feel you fear and just be like, hmm, where is that fear coming from? And, and look at it from a childlike curiosity perspective, because the things that an adult fears is not something a child fears. So kind of bringing yourself back into your, your, your childlike lens, because it's still a part of you. We were all children at some point. So mm -hmm. like, that's something that I do, you know, that helps with, with kind of moving through the fear to kind of look at it differently. But then it's also the idea of, and, you know, we've, we've talked about this too, you know, giving, giving the fear, having a relationship with fear because like fear that. is a part of you and and this goes back to what i said before right that idea of blocking already creates resistance in an enemy which is everything has a, a reason and a purpose mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. that fear being like okay fear i see you i hear you think of it as like a child who wants attention if you have a child that's trying to get your attention and just wants your love and you're just like yeah 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 i'll come back to you what is the child going to do They'll kick, they'll scream, they'll tantrum, they'll bite, they're thrill thing. They just want attention. They want to be seen. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we all want, including all of those quote unquote negative feelings, subjective. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Also want to be acknowledged and seen because they have a pure intention. I like that. As you were talking, it made me think about really like accepting all parts of us, not just the parts mm. that we want to that we think are good or successful, but just like really like bringing all parts yeah. of us to the table and accepting all parts of us because they all have that positive intention. They're all there to help us. Yeah, the shiny parts, right? Everybody has the shiny parts. And if, even if you think about, and if I go off tangent, just reel me back in. <laughs> yeah, this is great. I love tangents. Yeah, yeah tangents. <laughs> um, but I'm even thinking with like social media, right? So, so at how often do we use as humans, right? The tendency of comparison to fuel the self-talk that is already going on. We all have self-talk, right? So when you think of social media, like I even think of it like this, uh, you know, you're looking at and how many times do we find ourselves looking on social media and be like, oh, this person's really making it big. Like this person's really making advancements in their lives. Like, but then, but then you forget the part of, hold on, the subjectivity. People are choosing which parts of themselves to show, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the lens through which you're looking at it. So, you know, when we talk about, self-help and spiritual growth and personal development and, and all those things that we work on, right? We want to think about, okay, what are all the aspects of me? Because at the end of the day, if you're shunning any aspect of yourself out, you're not actually being authentic and you're not actually loving yourself. And this goes back into self-love, which I think it's talked about a lot. It gets thrown around a lot, self-love, but true authentic self-love means being able to look at your shadows and still accept them as a part of you with compassion. Tangent train. Oh, no, that's so good. Well, I, I mean, I can connect it because as you were talking, I was just, yeah. just kind of brainstorming the other day and it was about kind of run your own race and, and that the idea Ooh, of comparison. So, so I think it's definitely applicable to endurance sports. I mean, like, for, cause I, I mean, I can relate going to doing like my first triathlons and going to, you know, half Ironmans and being like, Oh my gosh, like all these people look so confident. They have their, you know, brand new tri kit. And, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared to jump in the water. Um, but it was just, you know, it's hard to go down that path and that, and that to be helpful. And I was like, you know what, like, I'm going to show up for myself. Like I'm here, I made it. I'm just gonna like drop myself into this block and just like, 
I'm going to stop those other thoughts and just focus mm-hmm. on like, you can do this. You can do this. Like I can intellectually, like I, I grasp that concept, but sometimes it's hard to, to fall through sometimes, or it's easy to get sucked into like the comparison game. And I, I um, just was talking about this and I, I, uh, I don't know if you and I have talked about this before, but comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got validation on that one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. And I think, I think the first thing that's coming up for me as, as you were speaking about that comparison is the thief of joy. He was, and again, this is the lens through which I look through, right? Just a challenge. I like to be devil's advocate, right? We're, we're as humans, we're logically into this competitive survival mode, right? we're comparing to other people's, but at the end of the day, we all come from the same source. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we all go through the same stages of birth, living life, and then exiting. So essentially we're all in the same source. So there is no comparison because we're all connected. Interesting. Which, you know, yeah. a little woo woo, yeah. a little woo sure. <laughs> woo, right? But it's just, it's an interesting thing to think about because really we think we're all so separate, but we're not. We're all in this same life together. We're just creating a different experience of it. It's like we were all given clay. We're just all molding it differently, but it's the same clay. Mm, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So how can we learn to develop a more optimistic outlook, a more optimistic mindset? I know that having more optimism helps build resiliency. Mm-hmm. So how can we, how do you recommend for people to develop that optimistic muscle, so to speak? You have to start with yourself. You have to start with yourself. It, you know, I think people sometimes look outside of themselves to, to create the change and they place sometimes we create, like we create expectations of other people to change how we're feeling internally. But if you want things to transform outside of you, you have to start within you. And that being said, your self-talk, I'm hugely passionate in teachings of self-talk because at the end of the day, the only person you will only ever have left is you. (laughs) (laughs) to talk to yourself so whether so it's it's the difference between stepping back and actually being aware of the talk that's going on so if you're looking to grow a more optimistic or hopeful mindset it has to start with the way you talk to yourself because if you talk to yourself like you're a piece of garbage it's kind of hard to set yourself up for success to be optimistic and hopeful and and, and achieve higher for yourself Mm -hmm. when internally you're just constantly beating yourself down I totally, I'm totally on board with that. I love that. And I've, I've even had a, a client tell me, you know, just in kind of, as we're like kind of assessing self-talk and I would ask them, like, would you talk to a friend that way? Well, no, I wouldn't talk to a friend that way, but I want to kind of check myself and not get too arrogant. So what, what would be your take on that? Can you clarify that for me? So not get too arrogant like not pump myself too up or or pump myself up too much and kind of go on the flip side of being like, instead of being maybe more like self-compassionate and loving, but they were kind of afraid of going to the other pendulum, which was more like being like bragging or arrogant, um, as opposed to just being more kind to themselves. Right. Yeah. So I, the first question that comes to me is where did it come from? Mm. Right. Where did, where did that story of thinking that building yourself up is considered bragging, which quote unquote has stigma for some people, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I I can relate to this too. When I was younger, 
<laughs> you know, I kind of had this, this, I was like, oh, don't, don't brag. Don't talk about yourself too much. And I kind of, I know, you know, me on a different level. You're like, what, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I kind of grew up believing that, oh, it's, it's, it's not good. People aren't going to like you if you talk about yourself too much. So I think I kind of transformed that into, okay, well, I can't build myself up either. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but, but it took, it took some time to kind of uncover, well, where did that come from? that it has this negative stigma to it. So if, if you have a client or you're working with someone who's afraid to kind of give themselves props, my question would be, well, why, what are you so afraid of Mm. about it? Who are you thinking you're going to receive punishment from for it? And if the punishment isn't coming from somebody else, why are they punishing themselves? What purpose is it serving to punish them for building themselves up? And the Mm. pompous part, I understand what you're saying because you do, you have, you got to put your ego in check. Right. right. You can't, we all have ego. I don't care how self-aware you are. We all have ego. There's different types of ego, right? But you will know when you tune into your truth and your intuition and your gut feeling, and you truly begin to embrace all aspects of you, you will know when you're tipping the scales on unhealthy ego, when you're not being compassionate towards other people's perspectives, mm, you'll feel good. it. You'll just know it. You will know it. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Being like tipping the scale as far as we, like when you're feeling like you're not compassionate towards others, I think that that's a good, like kind of point to pin there. That's a good distinction. Mm-hmm. Love it. I think it's a good, a human, uh, measuring, yeah. <laughs> measuring <laughs> humanly a good, like practical way to kind of look at it. Right. Because when we're pompous, uh, you know, or kind of dipping into that other side of ego, which again, isn't bad because we need it. We need that yeah. ego. Right. But when you're dipping in and not able to see through the eyes of another person and what they're going through, that's how you'll know. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So what is your definition of adventure and how do you apply it in your life each day? (laughs) I feel like my answers are very (laughs) (laughs) avant-garde because you said adventure and the first thing I thought of is risk-taking, but I'm not taught. I mean, I am also a risk-taker. Like I like to jump out of planes and I like to go into the wilderness and I like to just get lost in a forest and see if I'll make it out. Like I love to do that stuff, but I think of adventure as being anything that you willingly surrender to put yourself into a situation where you're feeling uncomfortable. Mm. Health, healthfully, is that a word? Sure. No, it is now. Healthfully <laughs> uncomfortable to me is adventurous because it, it, it sparks that light in you again of that childlike curiosity. It's like, ooh, unfamiliar territory. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's little stuff, even if it's little stuff, you know, speaking to someone you normally wouldn't talk to or giving a stranger a compliment or things that are outside of your norm for me is an adventure because you're literally in an unknown space and it's kind of exciting to be like, <laughs> How am I going to respond in this situation? (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Yeah, That's so good. Mm -hmm. So what tips do you, would you have for somebody either just starting out and doing like an outdoor adventure challenge or leveling up? Like what tips did you have to help to have them help build mental resiliency? Have compassion for yourself. I definitely think I feel like the word resiliency and compassion don't have the same energetic resonance. They're very opposite ends of the spectrum, but in order to be resilient, you have to be compassionate with where you are on your journey towards growing that muscle. Mm. I think it's so needed because if you're, 
it's like with anything else that you learn that's new, right? You're not, you're not going to get it right away. You're going to fall on your face a few times and you're going to pick yourself back up and that's okay. Right. So I think the compassion piece is really big to building that. That is brilliant. That is so good. And I needed to hear that too, because I think that's something where, as I've gotten older and you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier before we started recording, but like I, a lot of times I'm just noticing myself feeling the need to like accomplish the thing now, whatever it is, like I need to have that, Mm -hmm. that success, that solution, achieve the thing like now, instead of just like really breathing into and having compassion for how far I've come and for where I'm at and just really surrendering to, to that process. And it reminds me, I was just talking about this too, the other day, like, so I have a niece that turns one next month and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love to like, just watch her and like learn from her because it's one of those things I was reading this book, they're making the analogy, like we really need to, to pay attention to our children and our beasts or, you know, dogs or pets or whatever, but it's like when a kid is learning to crawl, like, you know, it takes them, it can take a little while. Like they can't figure it out and they may get frustrated. They may cry and fall down, but they also don't just turn over on their backs and say, well, I guess I'm just going to be here for the rest of my life. Like, no, they like, they keep figuring it out and they fall down and, but they, they don't have that negative self-talk that they have, I think inherently that compassion because they just keep, they keep going until they crawl until they walk. So I think that's just a good reminder Right. For me and for us to have like what you were saying, that childlike curiosity. Yes. One, yeah. 100%. And especially with, so I've had firsthand experience with children in the classroom, right? Cause you know, I come from background education, assistant principal and all that. So working with children, especially in the toddlers, right? Three, fours and fives. One of the biggest things I would always mention is remember that just because you're the teacher doesn't mean that you're not also the student. Mm. Because those children will teach us more than we could ever teach them in terms of being closer to their authentic truth and building that resiliency that you're talking about. Because it's Mm -hmm. exactly like what you said. They fall down, but they get back up. They may cry and they may have their moping moment, but most of the time, children will get back up and they'll just keep trying, you know, as opposed to as humans, we kind of cripple ourselves, you know? So I love that you brought up the fact that you watch you watch, watch your niece, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm learning so much from her because it reminds you. It's almost like a remi- it's like it speaks to your soul of like, you remember that was you once. Yeah. You know, why are you choosing to, to, to put yourself in this box now and stop going after the things that you want because of fear? When you were a child, that wasn't there. Which life do you want to live? That's so good. I love that. I love that you brought that up. Oh, yes, girl, queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So how can we elevate our energy and align ourselves with that highest version, that authentic version of ourselves? How can we elevate ourselves to that? Whew, so many different ways you can approach that one. <laughs> Loaded questions, Haley. How can you realign with your authentic self? I think it's different for everyone. I think breath work is one of the most underrated tools. <laughs> that you could use. I really do. Because if you take a moment and really just sit with your breath, you will start to feel what needs to be done next. But I think the problem is that our brain is so wired for solution orientatedness. Wasn't a word. Now it is. (laughs) (laughs) I think our brains are so wired. We don't even give us a chance to just 
sit and let the answers come. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to give one answer that's going to apply to everyone because it's different for everyone. And we talk about this all the time. The journey is different for everyone. So I think the thing that is applicable is really just sitting with your breath and breathing and allowing yourself to be and just notice how you're naturally responding to just being. Mm. There's a quote, I don't know who said it, but there's a quote that says, we are human beings, not human doers, just be. It's a lot easier said than done. It is, I know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but I think that would be step one, just breathing and being curious, like, hmm, why, why are these thoughts coming up? Why am I not able to sit still? Why do I not like silence? Sitting in silence will give you an opportunity to really examine yourself and who you are right now because you can always shift who you are the core essence of you never changes but the expression and what's resonating with your energetic field can always change as soon as you make the decision it starts with a decision to want to connect to your authentic truth I think that's where it starts well so so breath work and then being genuinely and honestly ready to be radically honest with yourself meaning what you said looking at all the aspects of you and being willing to say okay this is all of me i accept all of me at least taking steps towards it you know so mm-hmm. good oh, i love it mm-hmm. so how can we follow you how can we connect with you how can we be more a part of your your inner circle my journey yes your journey <laughs> so i am on instagram my so if you go to, if you go on the website, it's within the journey.com, but within the journey was taken. So <laughs> I always talk with clients. I always say good juju. I send you good juju. So on Instagram, I'm within the juju journey, J-U-J-U journey. And, you know, I post videos, just like small clips and tools that you can use in your everyday life that are applicable, just kind of about mindset growth, spiritual growth, personal development. Um, And then eventually I'm shifting into blogging. So I'm hoping to kind of bring all of this mind, body, spirit, wellness to the blog platform, which will eventually be within the journey (laughs) blog.com consistency. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that's where I would love if, if anyone's feeling resonance with it, I would love to connect with you just to just spread the gems, you know, just to see people like sit in their truth. And their, their authentic self brings me so much joy because I think we're meant to be here and in our inner peace, but you don't see that so often anymore. More people are more scared and in fear than they are in peace with themselves, you know? Yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. And I, you are such a light and I love, I love following you on Instagram. Like all those videos are super helpful. I'm like, Oh, if I needed like a little inspiring hit, I I literally go and like, I'm like, what what is Catherine saying today? So definitely check her out. And I will have all those links in the show notes. Catherine, it is a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for talking with me today. It was so much fun. Thank you for having me all the warm and fuzzies. Good juju teeth. (laughs) Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that episode. Here are the takeaways. Number one, Turn to the sun and the shadows will fall behind you. Number two, the last of the human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. Number three, the relationship you have with yourself builds the foundation for every single relationship in your life. Number four, give yourself a high five in the mirror every day. You're signaling to yourself that you've got this. Keep your head up. Number five, 
Welcome all the feelings and emotions without judgment. It's part of the human experience and they are here to teach us and to help us grow. Number six, this too shall pass. Number seven, be grateful for the challenges. They are here to help us become who we're meant to become. Number eight, notice the unwanted patterns in your life. Step back and ask, where did this start? What is the story I'm telling myself about this pattern? Is this story serving me? Is it even true? Number nine, approach fear with a childlike curiosity. Be curious about fear, have a relationship with it. Number 10, comparison is the thief of joy. Number 11, optimism builds mental resiliency. To build optimism, start with yourself, your inner game. Notice the way you talk to yourself, talk to yourself like you would a close friend. Number 12, adventures being anything that you willingly surrender to put yourself into a situation where you feel uncomfortable. Number 13, have compassion for yourself. In order to be resilient, you have to be compassionate about where you are on your journey, which helps build that, that mental resiliency muscle. And number 14, we are human beings, not human doers. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I want you to know that I'm here to support you. So if there's a question you have or a way I can support you, please feel free to DM me on Instagram at Haley's Comments 310 or connect with me at haleyscomments.org. Head on over and join the Empowered Adventure community and sign up for the weekly newsletter so we can all learn new ways to cultivate more grit, growth, gratitude, and of course, adventure in our lives each day. I'll be dropping episodes each week and I'm excited to hear from you. I'll talk to you soon. As a busy woman in the corporate world, I experienced success in the traditional sense. A good job, a house, friends, and family, my dog Fitzroy, I had a lot to be grateful for. Yet something still felt off. I felt like I was just going through the motions without any real sense of purpose or fulfillment. I struggled to find work-life balance. I felt like I was always on the go, juggling multiple responsibilities. I had lost touch with who I really am and what truly makes me happy. I was living on autopilot. What do you do if you feel overwhelmed and exhausted all the time, like you're constantly running on empty? What do you do if you can't seem to switch off and just relax? Even when you do have downtime, your mind is still racing with work and family worries. If you feel this way, you're not alone and this is completely normal. It's why I designed a quiz to help busy, successful career women in their 30s and 40s who feel their life force is being drained prioritize their self-care, and reclaim their energy by knowing their unique self-care style. When you finish the quiz, you get your tailor-made results sent directly to your inbox. Just click the link in the podcast show notes to take your free quiz to find out what is your unique self-care style.